Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 19. Psalm 19, one of the simplest and most understood psalms of the 150 that the Lord has given us. Yet we often go to it for its verses 7 through 11 that describe His written revelation. And today we want to read and consider this psalm for a few minutes for the sermon, the teaching, the instruction that is provided by His creation in the first six verses. We are often accused because of a misunderstanding of how we approach the gospel that we don't care about giving the heathen a chance. Well, thankfully, our God has given all the heathen a chance so thorough in its preaching, so perfect in its revelation by creation, that they are without excuse, according to Romans 1.20. Let's all stand together and read these 14 verses together in unison, remembering that the first six verses describe the message of creation, Verses 7 through 11 describe his written revelation, and then a summary in light of all that God has shown us how we ought to live. Together. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright And I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen and amen. You may be seated. In light of these two types of 
knowledge and instruction that God has given us, the psalmist concludes well in verse 12, who can really understand his own errors? You cannot fully comprehend your own errors due to sins of ignorance. And so the prayer is, cleanse thou me from secret faults. Forgive me my secret sins and show them to me that I might be delivered from them. Then in the 13th verse, keep me back from presumptuous sins. When I don't sin ignorantly, but I sin presumptuously or rebelliously against the knowledge that I am wrong in the doing. Don't let those kind of sins have dominion over me and save me from committing such a great transgression against knowledge. And then verse 14, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, let everything inside of me and all my thoughts and all my words be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, the Lord of the creation of the first six verses and the Lord of the revelation of the next five verses. But let's look at those six verses just Briefly, the heavens declare the glory of God. The word declare means to pronounce or to announce, to give, to transfer knowledge. And in this case, it's the glory of God. They declare. It's as if they're preaching a sermon. And throughout these verses, we see so many metaphors describing the preaching of a message. Knowledge is being communicated. Their voice is being heard, even though the heavens don't have a voice. Thunder, you could say, is a voice, but that's not what's under consideration here. It's the overall presentation of God's creation communicates knowledge as if it was talking to you and to all men. Their line is gone out through the whole world. When preaching is done, it is to be done line upon line, precept upon precept from Isaiah 28. And that line there is the sermon that is communicated by God to all men of all nations of all times, of all dialects and languages. He has communicated about his existence and his glory to all of them. And the heavens declare it. It's as if a man were preaching a sermon. The heavens declare the glory of God. To have a son as glorious as that ball of fire that's hanging out there right now, 93 million miles away, and driving away every vestige of darkness from our side of the planet that can burn your skin off if you are exposed to it for too long, burn the retinas out of your eyeballs if you stare at it. That powerful light bulb had to be in place by someone greater than it. The heavens declare the glory of God that He has eternal power and a Godhead. And all men are without excuse before the information that comes from that natural creation. The stars at night, realizing that the sky is so immense that you appear as nothing in comparison to its size, it declares the glory of God. That there is some being that is so immense in his mental faculties, his wisdom and his power, able to spread a universe that is so large that we cannot comprehend it, declares God's glory. And the firmament showeth His handiwork. The word firmament doesn't mean land in distinction from heavens in the first clause. It means the same thing as the first clause. Because Genesis chapter 1 tells us that He called the firmament heaven. It's just a repetition of the same point. We look at the stars, the moon, the sun, the planets, the whole 
galaxies and solar system that we know about, and we know more than even the heathen did, and therefore we ought to worship him with greater zeal than any that have ever lived. The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. The sun is just a little star that he's made for our benefit. And thankfully, it's 93 million miles away and not 39 million miles away. Because if it was 39 million miles away, it would somewhat overpower our HVAC system this morning. We would be incinerated by the heat of that light bulb in the sky. And thank you, Lord, that it's 93 million miles away and not 930 million miles away. Or we would freeze to death because there would be no heat provided by it. Right. All of it is his handiwork. And his handiwork is wonderful. He has put this earth on an axis of 23 degrees and 26 minutes of an angle of a degree. So that we have seasons as, the, as our earth moves around the sun on its axis at an angle so that we get seasons because we don't live at the equator. And so we're able to appreciate the four seasons that God gives us. It is his handiwork. He took the earth. It's only 24,000 miles around, 8,000 miles through, and spun it like a basketball. Except when men, when men spin a basketball, without further assistance, it only lasts a couple of seconds. But for the Lord, it's lasted 6,000 years, and it keeps right along at 364 days and a quarter each year, or something like that. It's His handiwork, right. and we praise His glorious name. He declares His glory to all men. Verse 2, day unto day, from one day to the next day to the next day, uttereth speech. There is a sermon being preached. One day, and then the next day, Preach the glory of God. They preach that this is the handiwork of a great being who deserves glory. Night unto night, night after night after night, you can walk outside and hopefully without too many streetlights, be able to see all the twinkling stars that are so high in the heavens. And to see that moon rise and that moon which is able to move our oceans a few feet twice a day. We're able to bless him for his handiwork. It shows knowledge. It shows that there is a creator and that we can know him. And he is going to take this level of information and hold the entire human race accountable for not giving him glory. And he will damn them to hell on the account of rejecting this knowledge. The fact that on top of that they reject the knowledge of his son is further condemnation. But this is sufficient condemnation in and of itself, as Romans 1 is going to teach us. And brethren, we walked according to the course of this world by nature. By nature, we are the children of wrath, and we deserve his wrath as well. Verse 3, since verse 2 mentions speech, look at verse 3. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. There is no dialect or language on earth where the sermon that is preached by the heavens... The sermon that is preached by the firmament is not heard and not understood because God has trans, has covered all language barriers. This is the ultimate gift of tongues because this sermon goes to every language and dialect in the whole universe. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. There 
our languages, and there is speech where the King James Bible has not been translated, and there has been very little preaching done. But not this sermon. This sermon has made it to them all. Verse 4, their line, that is their sermon. That is a line that is spread out in letters and then explained to someone. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Their sermon is gone out through all the earth. Their line, that is of the heavens. That's the plural word that is being referred to. Their line is gone out through all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. You can understand what the word line is. In them, that's plural again, for the heavens, hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Where does the sun dwell? Where does it exist? Where does it stay? It has a tabernacle. What God here calls the heavens. The firmament is a place where the sun is. And that's where he has set the sun. Verse 5, what do you think of when you see the sun in the morning so powerful? And so strong and so bright that no matter how dark the night was before the sunrise, when the sun does rise, it drives away that darkness. Which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. When a bridegroom comes out of his chamber and wants to marry the woman that is standing there, he comes out with great joy, great strength, great boldness, great eagerness. And so does the sunrise every morning. And thanks be to God, He gave us such a sunrise this morning. What a bright sunrise we had. He's like a bridegroom coming out of His chamber. He's like a strong man ready to run a race. Totally confident. What do you think is going to hinder that light? Your sunglasses? The reason you have to put your sunglasses on is because you can't look at it. I told the Lord on the way to church this morning, I'm not going to use my visor. I'm not going to use my visor. I just want to delight in that thing. I've been thinking about it all week. I just want to delight in the sun that you... About five to ten seconds later, my visor is coming down. Or I'm going to be a hazard on the highway of South 385 making my way here because it was so bright. Verse 6, His going forth is from the end of the heaven and His circuit unto the ends of it. The sun comes up in one end of heaven, it appears to us, and it goes down in the other end of heaven. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. It doesn't matter where you are, that the warmth of the sun is going to find you. And if it doesn't find you, you don't have the means to stay warm. Because you don't have the means to generate enough heat to make up for the loss of the heat of the sun. We're so thankful for it. But the message of these six verses is not an astronomy lesson about the sun, but a message about the existence of God because of the sun. And the sun just being part of his handiwork, but it's used here like a synecdoche, a part for the whole, one thing for many things that God has created in the heavens that declare his glory. The point that we're going to see today, the Lord willing, is that when men who are all able to understand this sermon receive it and hold it inside, they know there must be a great creator God. They do not give him glory. And instead, make images of foolish things according to their imagination that have no glory of their own. We are not like them. By the grace of God, we know there is a Creator God and we want to give Him glory. But brethren, when we come into this house today, the way you sit, the way you listen, the way you sing, the way you pray along with whoever is praying in the leadership role here in this pulpit, 
the way you listen to God's Word, all of that is how you give God glory in the New Testament for all that He has shown in creation and all that He has shown by revelation. We are under a burden of responsibility far greater than the heathen who have only heard this sermon. We have heard a few sermons ourselves from the Word of God, and we should give Him glory and worship Him acceptably with reverence and godly fear, or we will be held accountable for not heeding and returning glory to God for all that He has taught us. Jesus would say, Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For to him that hath shall be given more, if you hear well. But to him that doesn't hear well shall be taken away even that which he thinketh he hath. God will hold us accountable. To whom much is given, much shall be required. Therefore, as we read this, let's not just be thinking of those out there that know there has to be a God according to God's description of the knowledge he's given them. Let us live worthy of all the knowledge that he has given us and to give him all the glory that we are able to muster in our hearts and our minds. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, bless us and empower us to give you all the glory that you deserve. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. That sermon's been preached. Let's obey it. Let's fulfill it. And then let's obey and fulfill all the sermons that we've heard since from his precious revelation that's described in this same chapter in verses 7 through 11. In the keeping of them, there is great reward. But in the violation of them, there is sore punishment. Because the just Lord of all will pour out horrific punishment on those who have rejected not only creation, but the special revelation that blessed tribes of the earth have had, through his Bible. May the Lord bless us to this end today.